All right, all right. We are here and back for another amazing episode of Black Coffee with a side of candor. As usual, I, Nikita Gatson, am here with Monique Gibson. Hey, girl, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Happy holidays. I I can't believe it's the holidays. But one thing that is amazing about today, we have... None other than Lori Smith here with us today. We are so excited. Hey, Lori. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you all so much for having me. We are so excited. Guys, listen, I'm about to read this bio. I hope I don't get out of breath because we're going to need some amazing Black women on here. So we're going to need to have some oxygen on hand. I know. I need need, need, love. Help. (laughs) But Lori Smith is the best-selling author of winning business proposal strategies for success, how to give your business the winning edge, writing to win more customers, clients, and contracts. Lori retired from the federal government where she mastered the art of contracting and had fiscal oversight for over $128 billion of contract administration portfolios. Billion. Billion. Lori is the founder and CEO of AccuElligen LLC, which is a business coaching and management consulting firm leveraging 41 years of federal service focused on assisting companies to successfully perform contracts with the federal government. She got a lot going on and a lot of information to share. She has earned a stellar reputation for successfully offering the best solutions to help businesses navigate through opportunities and challenges through strategic positioning, relationships, and resources. She is currently a doctoral student and holds a Bachelor of Science degree from Troy University, a Master of Science degree in Education from the University of Oklahoma, and a Master of Arts in Business from the University of Phoenix. So Mm. welcome, welcome, welcome our amazing guest here, Lori Smith. Lori, thank you so much for being a part of our show today. We're so excited to have you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I am humbled and I am grateful that Monique got extended the invite. So thank you all so much for having me. And if Monique I could clarify, yeah, so, so she served 41 years for the federal government, but she was born into it because she ain't a day <laughs> over 41. I just want to clarify. I swear, I'm like, 41 what? Yeah, how? <laughs> how? But Monique, you have graced us with this amazing guest. So tell us, what shall we be talking about with her today? Ooh, I mean, she's got a best-selling book. She Man. is the, the know-all of know-all of government contracting. So we are going to be talking about the blueprint for Ooh. government contracting. Ooh. That's, that's something good right there, y'all, because yeah. that's not an easy thing to uh embark upon you know it's it's a it's a lofty goal with a lot of steps between start and finish so we are we're really excited to get this blueprint and get these good information let me get my notebook and my notes here (laughs) my own notes right how to get me a federal government contract hey let's make it happen (laughs) so out the gate our first question for ourselves and our listening audience is what would you say is the biggest misperception about government contracting? Well, there are a lot of misperceptions about um, the government contract, but I think uh, about government contracting, but I think one of the biggest misperceptions is about the complexity of it. Um, a lot of folks think it is so difficult uh, 
is insurmountable. I can't do it. And although, you know, the government comes with this unique set of directions and instructions, I, I, again, uh, it's just like anything. You wouldn't go to a basketball game trying to use football rules of engagement. So understand the government rules of engagement. I mean, you can maneuver around that. But the great thing is that the government has resources in place. You have the Small Business Administration that's there to help people navigate it. You have you know, consultants such as myself. And you have a host of other resources and programs available to small businesses specifically to help them navigate the government space and understand it better. That's 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 really um, it gives us a little bit of uh, relief because we do feel like it's oh I can't get that I don't have a staff of a hundred people I don't yeah. know how to get into this uh, system or I don't have all of the I don't haves and I don't knows but to know that there are resources there are people available to assist and there's special resources for small business owner. So that that's amazing. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. So on the flip side, I think now is one of the most exciting times to, to explore government contracting. So what would you say is the biggest advantage to getting into government contracting? Well, to your point, now is a great time to start exploring the opportunities with the federal government contract. And I think the biggest advantage that the government contracting would offer anyone is the, uh, the added resource and the money that you can actually make in the event you got a, a nice size contract. Government contracts terms and conditions tends to be a bit longer. So the duration may be opposed to just being a year, it could be four or five years in duration. So you get this complexity uh, and the opportunity to have a steady, hopefully flow of income and resources that are coming in that can really help your bottom line. But also more importantly than that, when you obtain a government contract, you also get an opportunity to operate in a certain and a specific and a unique space operating in this unique space also add this level of complexity and development to you even as a business entity that you otherwise would not get with another B2B or out in the commercial industry. So that uniqueness, again, adds another level of complexity and development and growth to you as an agency and or entity, which again, uh, uh, posture you to take on greater responsibility and approach a lot of things from a different place and a different perspective. Okay, so we shouldn't be looking at some of the uniqueness as, oh, I don't have that skill, or I don't know how to do that, or that's a little bit beyond what I think I'm capable of doing, to be able to take it kind of like a, a stretch goal for yourself or your business to be able to expand the experience that you have to offer. So that's, that's good to know that we shouldn't shy away from things that don't seem to be readily at our fingertips or the things that we've done, but to be open to learning something that may be adjacent to the kind of things that we're experienced with doing to be able to get, get that level of exposure, that complexity, as you mentioned, and those financial resources, because everybody needs a coin. Oh, everybody. And, and, and you are spot on, because again, that also becomes one of those challenges and the myths uh, that people have about government contracting. Oh, I'm not big enough to compete. 
And, and so you have to understand, okay, what is the space? What is the nature of the procurement or the contracting process collectively as a whole? So once you understand the specifics of the process, now you know how to place yourself in that process and in that mix. So um, too many, especially uh, minority-owned businesses, we shy away from the challenge. Mm-hmm. because we think it's too difficult. And you can go back to 1997 when the Urban League did a, a study about the lack of you know, um, diversity in government contracting. Even in 97, the biggest uh, re- response was, hey, uh, it's too complicated. I don't know. I don't understand it. And the NPR did a um, survey in 2021. And again, we are posting those same comments I'm not trying because I think it's too much. And that's the thing we need to shy away from. You know, it's it's not too much. It's not too complex. And once you learn how to do you in the space, I mean, you can learn to do you really well. (laughs) (laughs) That do you is, I mean, that should be the the A, B, C, and Z of of what it is you do. Exactly. You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, that, so I think, you know, that's a, that's a mentality shift. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, because a lot of, um, I will say others don't have that mentality of, I can't, they like, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So I think mm-hmm. we need to shift our mindset, especially as small business owners and entrepreneurs that I might not know, but I can figure it out. And that's, and that's Absolutely. where building your network of resources and, um, mentors, advisors, and things of that uh, nature can come into in, in handy so that as you have these, uh, procurement opportunities and there may be things on there that you either don't understand or have direct experience you could ask ask for that help and so you could get mm-hmm. that going I'm gonna yeah. go back to that going. absolutely you're right so so as an entrepreneur how would you say what is the best way to prepare to become uh what we'll call a government contractor what are some of the things that we need to either have in place or um, research. Um, what what would you say are, are some things that we need to do to prepare for, for those opportunities? Well, of course, as an entrepreneur, if you want to do business with the government, and we say it often uh, because surprisingly, a lot of people don't do it. You have to, you know, again, have that as a part of your business strategy and plan. So if I want to do business with the government, I know that my fundamental thing that I have to do, I need to register in SAM. That's the system award for management. So if you register in SAM and everybody that want to do business with the government, if you want a contract, ultimately that's above the micro-purchase threshold, which is $10,000 for services, $2,000 for construction, $2,500 for for services, $10,000 for commodities, $2,000 for constructions. So if you want a contract that's above somebody just swiping a card, get registered in SAM. And then also as a small business, what social economic um, designation do you qualify for? There are those that aspire to this mindset. Oh, don't worry about getting your social economics uh, designations. You don't need it. Yes, you do. Because now what you've done is in addition to being a small business, now I'm a small business that's either a woman-owned small business. I'm a small business that may be a veteran-owned small business. I may have a, be in a hub zone area. I may be an 8A or I may be a, a native uh, business. So by now uh, further compartmentalizing myself, now if I see a requirement, the government put it out with my social economic designation, I can disrupt potentially the procurement process by getting you to maybe set that aside, if not directly to me, just to my category. 
So now I limited my competition pool. So when you're a small business, you're a small business competing with all small businesses. But if I can get them to set this aside for this particular group, now I position myself to be more probable for the likelihood of success. And you also want to make from a make sure from a foundation perspective, you have your operational framework in place. You have to be prepared to win. A lot of companies get excited about the idea of, oh, I want a government contract. And then they have that uh -uh moment, whereas then it's like, okay, what now? And because you haven't structured or prepared yourself properly, because it hasn't been a strategy, there was no plan in place. You just heard somebody say, oh, in 90 days, I can help you get a contract. Oh, I can. I got 40 or 50 of them and I don't do none of the work. Mm -hmm. Again, listen and hear what a lot of folks say, but verify. If I tell yeah. you something that ain't proven, ain't right, or don't sound right, go mm -hmm. check it out. Because mm -hmm. I, my hope and my desire is not to repeat anything that's not factual or that cannot otherwise be verified. So prepare yourself from a, fu a funding uh, perspective. You know, do you have money in the event you win a contract? What is your startup going to be? Mm -hmm. What kind of relationships do you have? Because that is very key, establishing relationships. Uh, of the people in the contracting process. And that's not just the contracting officer or the contract specialist. You also need to be prepared and establish a relationship with that program office. Who is this customer? Who are the subject matter experts? Because again, it is not the CEO or the contracting officer or the contracting folks. You ain't meeting our need. And I'll say mm -hmm. our, because I'm a retired contracting officer. You're meeting the needs of that customer. What need do that customer have in order to facilitate and fulfill its mission? And so those are the things that you want to do as a business. Make sure, one, you are postured and registered to do business with the government. Make sure you've started building these relationships, not just with government. You know, again, it becomes this relationship building thing. I mean, it's also with other industry competitors. Yep. You know, other complement. Who complement who? Because that's a small business Granted, you may have the opportunity to get a award, to get a prime contract as a small business, but sometimes you have to be able to think strategically in that, hey, I have the wherewithal and the capability to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And I know that I need to bring in some help in order to do that because mm -hmm. we're not building houses by ourselves. And then last but not least, make sure that you are fully compliant with any law mm -hmm. and regulation. If your particular industry requires you to have various certifications, have them. If you know that you your industry requires you to have particular type of insurance, have it. What is your accounting system? If the government hasn't established an accounting system that you need to have or that requires auditing, be prepared to go through that. Whatever certifications, whatever thing that is required, make sure you're doing it. And from an HR perspective, Please, people, read those contracts, read those clauses so you can know what laws you got to be in compliant with, because that's the standard the government is going to hold you accountable to. And the HR and employment laws and those kind of laws, it, they are different than on a government contract. And yes, those people are inclined, they're able to get an attorney and everybody help a whole lot quicker. Don't think because your employee is a contractor, you can treat them any kind of way or the government can treat them any kind of way on a contract, they are protected. So okay. be mindful of that as well. Did y'all did y'all hear? I mean, did y'all hear how she just spit out all of that wonderful <laughs> goodness? 
And Lori, yeah. if you could just tell us again, what does SAM stand for again? That's the System Award for uh, System Award Management. So okay. it used to be called Fed Bid Zops, but the System Award Management is where the government is literally uh, pushing all of their programs to. But that's where the, any contracting professional, when they do a requirement, uh, we're going to look to confirm that you are registered in SAM. It used to be called the Contract Central Registration CCR database. So SAM, that SAM, FBiz, FedBizOps, all of it is like one big thing now. They can tell whether or not you're registered. They can know whether or not your registration is expired. The government will be able to identify whether or not you owe anybody any taxes. Mm. The government will also be able to identify whether or not you own any kind of excluded parties list. The government know all your business right there in SAM. <laughs> but SAM is this database in this system that is a requirement that we, all businesses that want to do business with the government, are registered now. Are there exceptions? Yes, there are. There, there are some exceptions for unique, out of the way kind of places. But you know, it facilitate electronic uh, payment uh, and making sure that you get paid prom promptly and uh, tracing and tracking uh, accountability. So, yeah. And so I know the title is the blueprint, the government contracting blueprint. We'll get into that in a minute. But what I just heard you say is, I think of like when people say, "Oh, I want to lose a few pounds." You got to put the work in. You, you got to put the work. work got to come prepared. You got to have your yeah. shoes, the appropriate workout gear, and mm -hmm. you got to be prepared to sweat. There is no mm -hmm. easy, you know, oh, lose weight by sitting in front of the TV with a bag of Cheetos. Yeah. No, you have to be willing <laughs> to do the work. And then a, another important concept that it seems trivial, but I think I've heard you say it before, is you have to read. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, yes. they often say, you know, they don't, especially in our communities, if someone want to hide something, they're going to hide it between the pages, mm -hmm. read the pages and don't skip over anything. A lot of times people skip and you miss a lot of important things when you skip, take the time out. Once you understand the nuances of government contracting, again, understanding what the rules are, not your rules, the rules, mm -hmm. because this is, I mean, the the program and the process collectively as a whole is heavily regulated. It's implementing statutes that are uh, written and um, by somebody other than us. There's in compliance of various codes. So everything is in accordance with something. It's implementing all the statutes, all of the co codes and things that really make it fair and balanced for you to operate in that space and to be treated right. So when you come to the government as a potential uh, partner, what you're coming to the table with is even this assumption that, hey, at a minimum, I'm going to be treated right and fair because I have all of these other uh, frameworks that is actually structured around the, that idea. So much so recently, the government, uh, they actually modified and did updates to the federal acquisition regulation that is actually advocating more engagement with industry because there's also this mindset of an us against them. And you can read various uh, information or resources from a lot of people that's put out books about the government and the relationship. There's really not an us against them. At the end of the day, nobody wants anyone coming to their house trying to take over. Mm. You know, when you come to my house as a guest, I'm going to give you your glass of water and let you know, you know, I've done my biblical duties, but you look, you're going to take care of yourself. Don't the expectation is you ain't going to come up here and tear my house. You're going to treat it like my house, but I'm going to give you free reign to be comfortable in my space. And that is what the government does. The government has this 
these rules of engagement. Learn what the rules of engagements are. Come prepared for the rules of engagement, not someone's version of it that you got stuck in your head that keeps you away from the table. Mm. Mm. So I just had a couple of ding, ding, ding <laughs> uh, things happen. Number one, we have two people, me and Monique here. We are both, we are law school um, uh, colleagues. And so for those that want to engage and aren't sure about what all of this fine print says, you know, you can engage either one of us. And Monique is fresh off getting several certifications because she she done got her minority small I mean, and she's a veteran. I mean, so the, the fact of the matter is it can happen. You oh, absolutely. In and do the work and, and you're more than qualified to, to meet these uh, social economic statuses. So Monique, you know, if you want some assistance, um, talk to Monique, uh, consult with Monique and engage Monique on a consultation about how to successfully get through this process. So to Lori's point about building your network, know what people do so that if you have questions and and be willing to invest a little capital to get to where you want to be. Absolutely. That Absolutely. You spend a little money to get the right advice, to get the right outcome, then say your little coin to do that so that your coin can be bigger at the end. And also don't come with this um BBL mentality for for your business. Don't don't think you could um get you a a nip and a tuck. That's not gonna work. You have to have a full fledged strategy for long term. Exactly. Absolutely. That is yeah. key right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 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 so so Lori, she, she, is she not the expert? Can you not tell? I mean, I mean, goodness gracious, the line. So, so, so Laura, so, so with your, your government contracting blueprint, and, and I know we've kind of hit on some of them, but what would you say are the top three tips that are part of your government contracting blueprint? So one, when we talk about blueprint, I mean, the nature of it is a schematic, it's a design. So there are multiple things that's going to feed into that schematic. You know, it's a house. It's, if you look at it as I'm building a house, that's a blueprint. You know, so when you're building something, there are a lot of things that's going to play into that. But if there's three things that I would have to point out, the first thing I would say is that you got to know the important steps to take in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Before, you know, you start doing anything, know what your marketing strategy is going to be. So in the beginning, before you start running out the door, what's your marketing strategy? Where are you going? Who are you calling? You know, I often say, you know, every doorbell is not meant for you to ring. So when I say know your marketing strategy, a free resource that someone is able to go utilize and obtain a wealth of information is usaspending.gov. When I say know your marketing strategy, who are you from a national industry standard perspective? What is your, what is your code? What is your Nate's code? What is your area expertise? And you can have more than one Nates code and that's okay. But knowing your Nates codes is key. Now that you know your Nates code, how much money is the government spending in your Nates code? Mm -hmm. What government agency is spending that money? Meaning who's buying and who has need of the solution I have to offer? You also are going to know who are my competitors, who's else in this industry. 
And like I say, you can get all of that information from USAspending.gov. You can go out there, you can run a query of your NAICS codes. If you got more than one, all of them, and it's going to pull out and you can go from fiscal year. You can just go do a quick test and just say, okay, I'm just going to do FY23, you know, current, because that's the fiscal year we're in. And you can identify how much the government already spent in your NAICS already. So if they spent millions of dollars in your NAICS already, you can only imagine if you go back 22, 21, 20, or 19, oh man, they spent a lot of money in my NAICS. And so what that does is identify to you right away that yes, the government has need of what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. So now my marketing strategy is, boom, okay, they got need for what I have to offer. I know what agencies is buying what I, I, I got to sell. I know who else they've gotten contracts to. Now the next thing is I'm going to do is I got all of that information. Now let me go back out here to Sam. Let me just pull up some RFPs that are aligned, requests for proposals that are aligned with my NAICS code. And I'm going to review those and I'm going to look at those. And again, we're in a blueprint blueprint building perspective. So right now, I'm not asking you to look at them RFPs to go and submit a proposal. I'm asking you to look at those RFPs because a component of your blueprint is getting prepared. We're building a foundation now. So let's look at these RFPs and let's practice writing a proposal as if you were going to be the one they give the award to. And so when you do this here, now you have an opportunity to look at a request for proposal. Now you see what are the things that the government is asking for responses into uh, uh, this type of situation for my particular category. And again, what this does is, again, we are building because the key to an RFP is that aside from making sure you tell the story you need it to be told, what you're trying to do now is make sure at any point, at a minimum, I'm going to be responsive. Because if I'm responsive to the RFP, it gets to be uh, kept in the in the pile. They're going to push it over to the evaluators to look at. But if I'm not responsive because I haven't prepared, I haven't taken advantage, I hadn't, I didn't notice. Oh man, I need that certification before I can submit mm. my request. Yeah. Oh, I, I need to. I need to have what? Oh, that's good. If that's I haven't good done all of that. You know, now I'm not responsive. So they're going to put my stuff in file 13. So I'm practicing reading an RFP, writing a proposal. And the only thing I'm not doing is submitting it at this point. But I'm telling my story. I'm getting great at telling my story. Mm. Are there resources available where you can pay someone to tell your story? Yes. And far too often, that is the road a lot of people take. But guess what? You got someone to tell a story that you know nothing about. So in the event you win the contract, you got issues now with compliance and performance because it ain't your story. Mm. It's a story they wrote on behalf of you. So every ghost writer is not a great writer. Mm -hmm. You need to know the story somebody is telling about you. So by me practicing, doing my own due diligence, even if all of that, because I'm still one person, potentially, I'm potentially still holding down a day job. Mm -hmm. If you got the resources where you can go invest in a proposal writer, do it. But now you're not blind about it. Yeah. When they come back with what they're saying, you're not going to say, oh, man, y'all wrote real good. This right here sounds good. This is your story. Yeah. 
It's articulating what you need it to articulate. And then the last thing you're going to do, you do all that practice and practice. It may not be a such thing as a perfect kind of thing, but practice will make you better and greater. Mm-hmm. And eventually you will win. Sometimes it may take up to a year to get a good government contract. Can you win something quicker? Absolutely. Yes, you can. But if you don't win the first time, you just continue submitting proposals because you get an opportunity to understand. And then the third component of this uh, blueprint and this framework is making sure you do advanced market research. Because see, in the first step, I told you how to go do research to find out who you are to them. What kind of value you potentially hold to them because someone else similar in, in, in competencies and then yours already has proven that they have need of it and they value what they had to offer. So, okay, I don't looked at you. I'm just as good. I can do this as well. I, I'm here. So now you're going to do your advanced market research. So a component of your advanced market research, and you know, earlier I said getting to know the government people too. Now, okay, who did they give some of them contracts to? Because although that's an industry person that could be a competitor to you, that's also an industry person that could be a friend. Because mm. okay. now I could do my outreach and engagement to them. And it's not just, I'm just coming to you because we share the same names because I've done my due diligence. I know about your company a little bit. I know how I can fit in the car or I can see the component of what you do that you're missing that I have. Now that's how, that's going to be what I leverage as my introduction. Hey, I see you do that. I'm in the same area. Uh, one of the areas, are you familiar with this right here? This is a component of what we do and it fit nicely into the scheme of things that you're doing. And so that's how you build a relationship and have meaningful engagement. And also a part of your advanced research, you got the contract, you know who, you know what agency award got awarded the contracts. Now start looking at these contract numbers. What kind of contracts are they? Are they schedules, GSA schedules, or uh, uh, even the VA has some federal supply schedules? Are they blanket purchase agreements, which are not actual contracts in, in at all? Are they individual uh, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contracts, meaning they're just a, a big old delivery order kind of contract? And I'm, I, they may have done a single award or multiple award, because if it's a D contract, uh, at time of award, you ain't get no real money. You got mm. a nominal value. The nominal value mm. code for the government is $2,500 maybe. Mm. So that's, so. but your money gonna come at order. If it's a multiple award, who all got this contract? And who all got the same contract for the same capability as I have? Because in a multiple award environment, they tend to have multiple clans on the contract. Multiple contractors can get the contract, but everyone may not be offering the same solution. So now those are whomever have your solution. Those are your competitors on that contract. But if you got a P contract, which is a purchase order or a C contract, which is actual C contract, that's money obligated right at time of award. So now, mm-hmm. you know, you can plan. This is kind of funding I got available coming to me, provided I show up. I perform successfully and I'm in compliance with all the contract terms and conditions. Mm. Yeah, so, did y'all hear this? Yeah. This this amazing <laughs> blueprint. So, you got to yeah. you got to know your marketing strategies, people. Yeah, you have to prepare. Go out on Sam and pull up some sample RFPs and start practicing writing your story. You're the best storyteller there is yeah. for your story, and then do your advanced market research so that you can collaborate and do outreach and engage with people in your same in a how you call it NAICS code mm-hmm. uh, 
so that you can you 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 may be able to leverage opportunities by collaborating with other businesses if necessary. And something that I really got excited about was you mentioned you might be by yourself. You might have a day job. That means, hey, y'all can do this. It's not insurmountable, even if you are a solo practitioner in your business. Even if you, like me, you got to have a regular nine to five as you continue to build your coin to elevate your business to one that can be completely self-sustaining. Or if that is just part of your um, multiple streams of income strategy that you have a nine to five because there's nothing wrong with that either you have yeah. a nine to five and you're an entrepreneur that's amazing also so just this this is a class and y'all can send y'all payment to www.wejustgaveyouyourlife.com <laughs> that'd be $19.99 per person thank you yeah. <laughs> and you know what this is one of those podcasts that you'll have to listen to it four five six seven eight nine ten times to really get all of the golden nuggets Man. that Lori dropped. I mean, there's a there's a lot of meat in what she just offered. Mm -hmm. Since she gave so much to us, it's only befitting that we give her an opportunity to give uh, give her a spotlight yes. for the wonderful things that she's doing. Right, Mo? You wanna you wanna lead us into that segment? Yes. Yeah. So, Lori, give us just a, a your little elevator speech about your business and and how people can reach you. I am the CEO and founder of uh, Aka Elegant LLC, and my only purpose and goal is to really educate small businesses um, on the government uh, process so that you can win and not just win but sustain contract government contract as a component of your business. Because again, it's a part of the plan. It's not a faucet that you can turn on and off. And so that's what we do. And I do that by leveraging my knowledge as a former contracting officer. Uh, as was mentioned earlier, when I retired from federal government, my portfolio uh, was $128 billion. Anyone, uh, and from a complexity perspective, community care and the network, you know, the Fort Belvoir Community Hospital, you know, even preparing people to go into Thailand once the tsunami hit. You know, I've had the privilege and the benefit to do a lot of great things in the federal government. So I'm not leveraging something I heard by experience or somebody else said, or even not to knock that, but I'm the, I'm the former CEO. I have signed the contracts that you all are trying to win now. And mm -hmm. so from a CEO perspective, even though our discretion is different, the fundamental aspects of the federal government and the federal acquisition regulation are all the same. We all have to do the same training and uniqueness come when I go to, when we go to particular agencies and they have their agency supplements. But the foundation for, uh, for government contracting is the same for everyone. And so we should not be saying anything that contradictory from a contracting perspective. And so, and what, that's what I want you all to just know and understand and just help, you know, small businesses demystify this mindset that, hey, we can't do it or they don't want to uh, do business with us or is it us versus them. And that myth has always been so far from the truth. There's never, I, I'm not going to say never, but government within the past 10, 20 years has actively tried to demystify this mindset that is us against them. And you have some bad apples in the barrel still, but that's what uh, we, we, they want to do business with you and they want it to be fair and equitable for everyone. And so Acute Elegant is my way of, you know, having, uh, starting a business and sharing the knowledge that I've shared for so many years through other contractors 
who uh, to this day uh, continue to get paid based on that knowledge and information that Lori Smith provided them. And then I also have another, a couple of other little uh, efforts and initiatives I'm starting. I have FocusWise. FocusWise is my initiative that I'm working really to uh, serve women and especially the underserved uh, communities and women of color and shifting a mindset and introducing them to soft skills and information and training and uh, opportunities to help, you know, get rid of this idea of trying to be something other than who we are and just being who we are meant to be. And so uh, actually joining an effort with your co-host here, the lovely Monique. And what we're trying to do is we're in the process of getting ready to launch something either New Year's or early after the New Year's, where we are doing just that, bringing women together and helping you get past all of these things that hold you back, all of these ideas and um, this uh, desire to be someone else. We're going to hopefully encourage you to shift that mindset so you could just be great in the skin that you're in, but respect mm -hmm. the skin that you're in and put your best foot forward. But then yeah. also introduce people to stuff and opportunities and trainings and things that they otherwise haven't actually had. And yeah. people assume yeah. that we assume that people know about soft skills mm -hmm. and, and we haven't gave them training. So let's yeah. go give them some soft skills training. And maybe we will have as many videos of people finding, you know, Ooh, McDonald's, uh, uh, Popeye's or at the airport, you know, Please. because we don't know how to engage and, and be civil in communication. And of course, the last effort and initiative that I have is Karen Vessel. Karen Vessel is a non a private um, non-medical uh, home care business that I'm starting and kicking up with my family in Macon, Georgia. And again, the intent is and the purpose is to provide excellent care to those who have need of those type services, but also serve as an opportunity and a pipeline for students who are graduating high school, because a lot of high schools now offer CNA in those mm -hmm. tracks as certifications, even in high school. So, hey, if I can create an opportunity where I can get you a job and you can have gainful employment as you graduate high school because college isn't for you. Let me be that vessel to be able to do that. So we have Karen Vessel to do that. I mean, an angel, Ooh. like she an angel here doing all of this great work. So excited. Oh my God, this has been super incredible. So excited. I can't wait to hear about Focus Wise and what's coming with that. And we would love to promote what's coming up with that. So let us know how we could, how we could help um, spread the word for the great work that you're doing. Lori, thank you Absolutely. so much. Yes. This has been just beyond anything I could have thought. I needed, I need a part two. I need to sign up for a class for real. It's, I mean, li literally you, you got the, you got the goods. She got the goods y'all. Yeah. So thank you very much for the opportunity and Hey, registrations are open. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. If you want to learn from the best, Lori is it period. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. Awesome. Thank you. You already got the receipts. So get your <laughs> registration uh, information ready. And um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope that you will join our channel by subscribing, liking this video and sharing it with someone that you know needs to hear it. So thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all. That's the kind of girl.